whatever this was, it was totally overblown. You're killing people with your words. You are out of bounds. You're the problem. This isn't really political. This is about just the reality and your freedom. Many people, sadly, were not taught to stand up for themselves. It really surprised me that no one questioned it. So few people questioned it, and so few people were prepared to actually, um, you know, even ask some common sense questions. Hang on a minute. I didn't like it when someone tried to do that to me. What am I taking my animals to the vets for? I bet that everyone listening is shaking their head saying, you know what, Peggy, I feel more informed and educated and knowledgeable. And that's very, very powerful. No one can take that away from you. No one knows their day or time. So let's live fully and keep uncovering the truth and elevate ourselves so that we're not living in fear or worse, feeding that fear. Let's be aware and let's rise above and let's make sure that we are informed and not being obsessed. Well, I am absolutely delighted to introduce a new guest to my channel today, Peggy Hall. And I'm just going to tell you a little bit about Peggy before we get started, because Peggy has been one of the people that I have been avidly watching for the last three years. And by the end of this interview, any of you that don't know Peggy are going to know why. Um, so Peggy's the founder of The Healthy American a national leader in the freedom movement and dedicated to breathing the life back into liberty. Peggy is a former director of teacher education at the University of California, Irvine, and has been an educator for over 30 years. She's got a bachelor's degree in political science, a master's degree in international relations, and has years of experience as a health educator and community activist. And she broadcasts daily. I mean, I can't believe the amount of content you put out, Peggy, on YouTube and has millions of views with her Peggy to the Rescue series that gives you strategies and solutions to stand up for your rights. So um, pretty good bio. And we're going to really get to know you a bit better tonight. But first and foremost, how are you doing? Well, I'm hanging in there, Catherine. I look forward to being acquainted with your viewers and letting people know what's going on here in the United States. Yeah, I mean, I'm over in the UK, but obviously most of the news channels, the alternative media have been people coming out of America. And we all know why everything's all linked intrinsically, really, in terms of the master controllers or the evildoers. I must say, I absolutely love your YouTube friendly analogies. One of the funniest <laughs> videos I've seen is your how to outwit the nitwits um, video. So anyone who hasn't watched that do. So we will be talking in the usual code today and Peggy has some of the best code about. But just to start off with, I mean, can you tell us why did you start your channel? I was so frustrated and I was basically fighting with people on Facebook when all of this hogwash, as I call it, was sloshed mm. all over us. Here in California, we were the first state that was shut down. And mm. I really stay away from the term lockdown because I realized that is a prison term. And it was very disempowering as if people didn't have a key to their own home. So yes, it was shut down. Businesses were shut businesses closed themselves. The schools were shut down by the state. And it was a scenario unlike any I had ever experienced. And I'm just one of those people that 
likes to dig deeper. When somebody tells me to do something, I don't say, okay. I say, why, why do I have to do this? And that's exactly what happened when we were told to stay home and two of my part-time jobs completely shut their doors. So I was home and I did my digging and I found out that what was going on in California didn't even reach what our normal flu season had. And I was putting all sorts of data on Facebook. And I was comparing, I, this was actual data from our state department of health and the CDC. And I was showing people that whatever this was, it was totally overblown. And even if it did exist, there was no legal authority for you to be told that you could not leave your home or that you couldn't go to a grocery store and that you were supposed to close your business. And I, I looked around saying, are you Americans or are you cowards? What are you doing? Well, what happened, Catherine, is on Facebook, book, the very people that I thought would be saying, oh, I'm so glad you told me I knew this yeah. sounded fishy. Those very people pointed at me and said, you're killing people with your words. You are out of bounds. You're the problem. I, I thought, I cannot believe you're not even willing to look at the data. And I was so frustrated that my husband said, what are you doing on Facebook? That is like a bar brawl. That's a, a dive bar. People don't want to hear your, your content or watch your, what, what you have to say. He said, you are an educator. Why don't you make a video and put it on YouTube where you teach people about the law and how it's being violated? And that's exactly what I did. I didn't even have a YouTube channel. I didn't have a microphone or headset or lights. I just turned on the computer. I made a channel and I thought, I'm going to call it the healthy American because we were being told that we were sick and we didn't know it, that we were carrying a lethal disease, so lethal that you had to be tested to know that you had it. And so I created a video called the state of emergency in California is null, void, illegal, and invalid. And I gave the exact data what the law requires in order to have there be an emergency. And then I showed the actual reality of what we were experiencing. And that video, I'm so grateful, it went viral and it got picked up on all different kinds of social media, places that I don't even have a presence like LinkedIn and Nextdoor. Telegram, I don't think existed back then, but it definitely yeah. was making the rounds. And what Catherine, I was getting um, emails from people that I hadn't seen for years saying, is that you, Peggy? Are, are you like political? And I'm like, no, I'm not. This isn't really political. This is about just the reality and your freedom. And at that point, Catherine, that video was going to other countries as well. People were emailing me then saying, thank you for sharing this. I knew that something was wrong. How can I find out about what's going on in my state? And that was what launched my website. I just Luckily, I love to research and write, and I basically created an encyclopedia to help people fight this tyranny with not having to be masked. I call it the suffocation device at the grocery stores, how to be able to get your medical care without discrimination, why and how to continue, uh, you know, just living life without giving into the tyranny and oppression. And that original video, I think at one point I was told it had 1.8 million views was taken off YouTube. I got a strike on the channel, which means you can't upload. Yeah. And that's when I realized I had to come up with my own code words, which I think are actually more descriptive than what, uh, you know, you might use normally. And I'm grateful that I've got 
subscribers from all over the world. And the reason why is this. Many people have told me that their loved ones, their neighbors, their coworkers, their children, their, their parents, their siblings were looking at them saying, what are you talking about? Of course, there's a catastrophe, a pandemic. And how, how can you not see it? You know, shame on you. So my, one of the main goals in this channel is to confirm and validate and affirm what you are saying is correct, that you are not crazy, that they're the ones that are over, you know, blown and they're orchestrating and sensationalizing what's going on. People have gotten sick over these last few years as they have over the existence of mankind. Can it be contributed to this cooties that they've slapped a label on? That has not been proven. And so there are so many things I could talk about, but that's the answer as to how I launched The Healthy American. I just wanted to say that today's episode is sponsored by ASEA redox signaling molecules. Now it comes in two forms, the liquid and the gel, plus there's a huge other product range for us. Um, but why did I start taking ASEA and why is it now an integral part of something that my whole family, both four-legged and two-legged, take every single day, plus also something that all the clients I work with, again, four-legged and two-legged, it's number one on my priority list. Well, part of what I do, what I'm passionate about, is understanding the challenges that are affecting each and every one of us in today's modern living. Um, the more you know, the more sometimes you wish you didn't know, but the pollution in the air in the water, in the food, um, the control of our minds, the propaganda. But one of the things that we can do is take back responsibility for our own health. Now, every single cell of our body, whether we're an animal, whether we're one of the dogs in the backgrounds or one of my plants, contain these redox signaling molecules. And cellular health and cellular communication is absolutely key, whether you want to get your body back in balance whether you want to reverse the aging process, whether you want to address any particular challenges that you've got physically, emotionally, it all starts with healthy cells. If your liver cells are healthy, your liver's healthy. If your brain cells are healthy, your brain's healthy. But just like a mobile phone, most of us have got mobile phones that we we use on a routine basis now but that mobile phone regardless of whether you've got the latest model is completely useless without a signal so what does this technology do um the the gel is something that you can apply topically over particular areas of concern whether you want your skin to look better whether you've got cellulite whether you've got an area that's causing you a challenge the liquid is something you drink each and every day to top up what should be in your cells anyway. But when our bodies are stressed, diseased, challenged, or as we age, we make less of them. So personally, I wouldn't be without a tip. My sleep's better. My energy levels are better. My mood's better. My mobility's better. If you want to find out more, the details are below. But I'm so grateful that this came into my life, and I'm so grateful I can share it with others. I hope you love it as much as I do. Let me know. Yeah, I absolutely love it. And this is what we all saw is we saw this lack of a critical ability to think critically and research. And it's absolutely fascinating to me. I mean, I I started my YouTube channel for exactly the same reason, because I had all these questions and I was thinking, why is no one asking them? And unfortunately, I wasn't so clever with the code words. So I lost two channels before oh. I get the hang of it. 
um of course didn't have any backups but you know that wasn't the problem you know you you live and learn and you sort of get around the system and that's what we all need to do but I wanted to ask you why do you think this critical thinking is so rare now because we can't even just put it down to one age group it's across the board really it is and that to me is the most troubling thing I am I did go through public school. And I remember back in my day, we actually had critical thinking assignments where you were given a topic and you had to come up with the questions. We were told to never rely on what the news broadcast or even the newspapers told us that we were supposed to go to the primary source. So a simple example would be instead of listening to a news broadcast about uh, what the president said, you go in our case, you would go to the whitehouse.gov website and read the actual press release, or you would listen to the actual press conference, not listen to the analysis. And there's nothing wrong with listening to the analysis, but always go to the original source. So that's what I did with uh, the cases that I broke down through the Supreme Court. I didn't listen to the news to get my information. I read the Supreme Court opinion. So then I couldn't analyze that. Number one, Catherine, it takes a lot of work and effort to do that. And I think just with our common day and technology, people are used to scrolling through their cell phone. They want an answer. They want a meme. They want something that they can digest quickly. So taking the time to dig in research is not something that everybody wants to do. I don't know if this happened in the UK, but in my day, when I was at the university, we had bumper stickers that said question authority. And of course, authority is the government or or your boss or your professors. And now it, they've done such a, a hogwashing, as I call it, on the population that the very people, the, those that consider themselves progressive and liberal minded and open minded and tolerant and all of that, the very people that I would assume would question authority and question the government are going along with it literally lockstep. The other thing I think is that sadly, so many people are on some type of drug. They're on an antidepressant. They are on diabetes medication. They are on high blood pressure. They, for children, they get them drugged right away because of course a little seven-year-old doesn't want to sit in his seat for six hours at school. He wants to run around and then he's deemed that he's got some sort of uh, condition that they made up in order to give them drugs. So I do believe that many, many years of deadening the senses just doesn't leave people with enough gumption, with enough curiosity, with enough of an edge to dive in. I am a person that I had all the childhood diseases. I was not vaccinated with measles, mumps, um, chicken pox, smallpox was long gone. Polio was gone. Those were not even uh, available at my time. But I also believe that that has, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel that, that the vaccines are another way of damaging people's literally their intellectual ability to dig deeper. Some people don't have the capacity. Many people, sadly, were not taught to stand up for themselves. And our society again, has this culture of everybody's a winner and don't offend anyone. And how dare you ask this question? And we should get along to go along. And the churches themselves have strangely taken some behavior and they have elevated it to a virtue when actually it's the exact opposite. Having churches telling people that they should wear these suffocation devices, how harmful is that for a child? even an animal to see a masked face. Oh, how harmful. 
for yep. those who have suffered abuse at the hands of a perpetrator that put their hand over the mouth. And you're telling me that I'm lacking in compassion because I won't suffocate. So I think, Catherine, those are a few things that come to mind. I believe that it has been a conditioning over time to obey authority, starting with the public schools where you line up, there's a bell, you can only, you know, leave when you're told, you're regimented. We have expressions like teacher knows best, mm -hmm. and you can't go until you've done your homework. Elevating the school above the family, I think is a huge disaster. And that's led to a lot of this not questioning authority. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And you know, the poisoning in the food, in the water, in the air, in the jib jabs, everything in the medication, it's just a constant bombardment with people. And if you're physically that out of balance, it's really, really difficult for you to have the mental strength and capacity and will to actually make those good decisions. It's really quite horrifying. I mean, over you've got, you've covered so many different subject matters. I mean, obviously, you've been covering what's been going on in Hawaii. It's absolutely horrific. Everyone, if you haven't watched Peggy's series on that, please do. But over the course of the last few years, what have been some of the real biggies in YouTube-friendly language that have really, really shocked you that you weren't aware of before? Well, it all points toward truth. I would say that that is my highest value is pointing out the truth, exposing the evildoers, and then giving people tools against tyranny. So when this first happened, Catherine, uh, maybe you were like me and I was scurrying to find people that were like-minded. Yeah. And I made a list of people that I could discuss this with. And I tell you, None of my friends were on the list. I did have my family, thank goodness, but no close friends actually could see eye to eye with me. And the, the ones that I found were YouTubers. So I would watch some of these videos before I had my own YouTube channel. But I tell you what, it left me so frustrated and I felt like the doomsday was upon us because yeah. a lot of these YouTubers left me in the spin cycle. There was a lot of good information that they covered, but I was left at the end of the broadcast saying, well, what do I do about this? What can I do? And I was feeling worse than when I watched the video. So I decided that on my channel, I would endeavor to give solutions and strategies and resources and remedies so that you could feel empowered rather than uh, feeling like a victim. You could feel victorious. And I, I probably haven't hit the mark every time there are occasions where I do bring news just to inform people, but all along the way, the goal is to, as I say, outwit the nitwits. So I would put it, this in a couple of categories. Number one, in the very beginning, I helped the businesses stay open. Many businesses actually thought that it was a law, and I don't know what the case was in the UK, but there is no law that was ever passed by our legislative body for any business to shut down. It broke my heart to see businesses suffering. And then they said, well, I had to. Well, you didn't have to. Uh, just to clear the air, what was sad to me that come to find out a year or two later, many of these businesses accepted the blood money, the hush money in order to shut down. So they actually weren't that harmed after all. Not everyone. I personally was harmed because I did run a small business where I had women's retreats and I would take you know, we would do our health and wellness and healthy living and, you know, exercise and nutrition. And we would have a, 
a week or so at a beautiful location. And I had that scheduled for about six weeks after the hogwash was sloshed all over us. I personally lost business and money. I did not get a penny of any kind of hush money. I would not have taken it even if they had offered it. But there were some small coffee shops and jewelry stores and gyms that did want to defy what was going on. And I did a lot of, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of free educational videos to help individuals. And then some of them wanted my private consultations to work with them one-on-one. So I would say that was a huge success. And it turned around a lot of things when people saw that businesses were open. And when they said, I have a right to stay open and they fought back, that encouraged others as well. Now, the second kind of aspect of this was schools closing. I am not an advocate of public schools. However, I understand that there are some situations, maybe there's a divorced family and the one parent that has custody is sending the child to public school. There might be a single parent that absolutely feels overwhelmed to do anything else than send their child to school. So I do understand that. And I did some videos and I did lots of speaking testimony in front of these school boards until I realized they weren't going to do anything other than what the government told them because they were the government. So at that point I shifted and a big part of my work was dedicated to helping parents get their children out of school in a program. It's really a philosophy called freedom learning where you don't need a textbook. You don't need grades. You don't need to uh, even have, you don't have to have the children learning during the day. This can be on the weekend or in the evenings when you're home. And I had a whole Uh, gosh, for about a year, I did training for parents and grandparents and uh, young adults that wanted to do this type of freedom learning. So I'd say that was another category. Uh, Another category that I've been very vocal about is fighting back against the public serpents, as I call them, those that have been selected to rule over us. And because I have a background in political science and I love to read and understand the law, I was able to distill a lot of this information and help people keep their bodies pure and still keep their job. So I did a lot of fighting against these public serpents. I still have an active lawsuit against our, it's called the Board of Supervisors, which is the county government, very, very powerful form of government. And it's like one step down from the governor and they rule over your area, many cities. And there are only a few of them and there are millions of people that they rule over. So it's a very poor structure. There needs to be more supervisors or a smaller area. And I exposed a lot of their evil doings at the cost of tens of thousands of dollars out of my own pocket, along with some very lovely, generous supporters that helped me. And so that also was a big chunk of my time. But I would say the biggest thing of all is to help people understand that we have rights that we are born with. These are God-given natural born rights that cannot be taken from you. People as we've seen, gave up their rights by closing their businesses, staying home, um, suffocating themselves, submitting to the, I call it the uh, nasal assault, becoming Mm -hmm. a human pincushion. Some of these individuals sadly knew that it was wrong, but they did it anyway. These are the ones I really want to help because they, they know it's not right, but they somehow never learned how to stand up for themselves. And then there are others like you and me from the get-go said, this ain't right and I'm not playing. But there are so many more now that we want to welcome on board. There are even those, Catherine, that we helped that got two jabs and they 
came to us saying, I don't want to do any more. My, my job is still forcing me to do this. What can you do? And I welcome them on board. And we talk about that. So we've helped people keep their jobs. We've helped people get new jobs without the jab. And we've helped college students and athletes and a huge number of immigrants that are trying to get their green card. This is an area that a lot of people don't realize or citizenship. And the U.S. government wants them to become human pincushions in order to get their citizenship. And there are step-by-step, actually simple steps to take, but the evildoers have uh, created these slimy tactics to try to trip people up. Think about it, Catherine. It is so perverse. They actually have, there were law firms offering seminars called how to deny legal exemptions, um, something without, how to legally deny a, a, a religious exemption. That's like saying how to legally get away with sexual harassment, how to legally not hire anyone of color, how to legally fire uh, a gay person. All of these are protected classes. How to never hire somebody over 50 and get away with it. I want people to, to use one of these examples and to replace it in terms of you know, being uh, pure or getting the jab, because this is all about your rights, your protected rights. I need to say one other thing on this, Catherine, if I could. Many people, rightly so, have questioned the, the need even to do an exemption. In the United States, we have a very robust set of laws that were passed in 1963. And I know this is, you know, earlier than, than many people. And, you know, I don't even really, of course, remember it at the time, but going back into history, this is when we had the civil rights revolution, basically in the United States, it mm -hmm. started on the college campuses. Colleges did not allow black students to, uh, to join and, and be admitted to the colleges. And mm -hmm. even looking back, I'm wondering if some of these actions maybe were a little orchestrated or sensationalized or perhaps even fabricated. But the point is there, there, were, there was a set of laws that was passed that I believe uh, actually strengthened the non-discrimination in our country. It started in the college campuses. It is illegal to discriminate against anyone in any setting, whether it's a jewelry store, the dentist office, uh, a private gym, um, a county you know, event. You cannot be discriminated against because, uh, or even voting. And then yeah. of course, in the private sector at the job, because of your age, your race, your gender, your ethnicity, and your religious beliefs. Later, an additional law came about your medical condition. So if, if for example, I have a medical condition of being a pure blood, they can't hold that against me. There are so many ways that we could attack this. Even if somebody does have the dreaded cooties, they can't hold that against them either, because that would be like saying, we're not going to hire you because you have AIDS or TB or hepatitis. That's against the law. So every time they tried to come out with a loophole, I would educate people on how to fight back. And I want to give you just a couple of big examples that a lot of people know about. So Southwest Airlines was one of the worst. I remember and that. Yeah, it, it was. I have an interesting story because I was kicked off of Southwest Airlines in 2020 before the suffocation devices were even required, I've never put one on and I've never gotten on a plane with one on. And 
it was prior to all of that. And they were trying to tell me that I couldn't get on the plane. I literally was kicked off of Southwest. Now, this is also an example of not holding grudges. And I was angry. I was angry at Southwest, but I was more angry at the people. I was heading to speak at a rally for freedom. And mm-hmm. here on the plane were people holding the rally signs for freedom, wearing their red, white, and blue, or they were, they were getting ready to board the plane, I should say. And they took out their masks to put them on. I, I, I could not believe that they did that. It just is so bizarre, isn't it? When you, ugh. so it, it's so bizarre and come, come around now a year or two later, Southwest employees are emailing me saying, Peggy, I'm being required to become a human pincushion to keep my job. Can you help me? And I did. I don't want anybody to perish or, or to be lost and, you know, become a part of this, uh, horrible, uh, hogwashing. And I ended up doing a a public video where I went through step by step by step by step specifically for the Southwest employees. It was titled, you know, Southwest employees, how to uh, keep your job or something like that. Hundreds of thousands of views. And the, the following day after that aired, there was a massive strike by Southwest. And the subsequent day, the CEO said, we're, we're basically, we're, we're not going to have that requirement anymore. Anybody that was put on unpaid leave is going to be paid while we sort this out. And all exemptions are going to be acknowledged and accommodated. So that was a huge win. We did the same thing with Wells Fargo Bank, and we did the same thing with Amtrak, which is the quasi-national railroad. So the having said that, many people that followed my strategies, and I'm not an attorney, it was not legal advice, it was just common sense, here's the law, here are your rights, here's how to do it. Even those that followed the information to a T, not everybody was successful because yeah. they were they were working for criminals. It's like saying, well, I locked my car, but it still got stolen. Yeah, because there are criminals. And I'm still helping people to this day go through their equal employment. It's called the EEOC investigation. Some people are filing lawsuits and more and more lawsuits are coming out in the high federal courts saying that these companies are wrong and that they violated the law. So I just want to say, regardless of whether you were accommodated or not, you were right and the law is on your side. And it's important that we maintain our religious freedom in the United States. That's why I fought so hard for this. Yes, and it's just fascinating to me. I mean, my daughter was on a scholarship from the UK to an American university for a soccer and academic scholarship right when all this was going on. And she got herself exempt from all the vaccines on her own. Fantastic. Her own research. It was just amazing because I was like, I'll do it for you. I'll do it for you because it was so so important. She's like, no, I'll do it. And if I need help, I'll let you know. Did it all herself got straight through, got exempt Perfect. from all of them. But every, all of her friends and everyone else was like, oh, no, it's too difficult. They won't say yes, so we won't do it. And this is why I find I've been studying a lot on the psychology of the humans and the mass formation psychosis and the brainwashing to say, what is it? You know, I've never done a parachute jump. I wouldn't count myself as particularly brave, but there was no part of me that would have ever complied with any of this. So moving forward... How hopeful are you feeling about lessons learned from this? Because we're now faced with a lot of 
Um, certainly there's a lot of talk and a lot of evidence from stuff I'm seeing that they're going to try and do it again in the not too distant future. Where do you feel we're at? Isn't it amazing, Catherine, that they're just going to continue to push this narrative? I feel like it has already had its lifespan. You know, certain things wear out over time and this has worn out. I don't know if they are just maniacal. Well, I know they are maniacal, diabolical serpents, but are they just mocking people. The thing is, there will be some that will go along with it. I see people in the grocery store to this day. I heard a woman uh, outdoors the other day and she said, oh gosh, did you hear, uh, you know, the cooties is spreading through the neighborhood. I'm afraid to go to the grocery store. And this is a neighbor that I actually know. And I, I, I didn't even say anything because at that, someone like that, I don't think I can help. But I will speak from personal experience, Catherine. We have helped so many people that went along with the suffocation devices that went along with the nasal assaults that got not one, but got two of the cocktails. And now at this point, they are reaching out for our help. So that gives me hope that this is evidence to me that more and more people are realizing that they can push back against this. I want to give another example. We helped a large number of individuals working in uh, hospitals and other medical settings. And again, this is where it's like, I don't hold a grudge, even though probably some of these very people were the ones that were like, you're not coming in unless, you know, you've got the cocktail and you're suffocated. But now when the chickens home come home to roost, as the saying goes, now that this is affecting them, now that they're being required to be a pincushion to keep their job, now they want help, even though they went along with everything else. However, this is what they told me. They said, Peggy, not only are he, one doctor in particular said, we, there is a huge underground here at the hospital in terms of um, people that are keeping themselves pure. And not only are they not getting the cooties cocktail, they no longer are going to get one for the flu or TB or hepatitis. This is called the boomerang effect. We all are standing up against this. So I love that example, because it shows that they push too far. You know, they should never have pushed for the suffocation devices. I think they could have kept this going, but that was number one where people really pushed back. And the same thing with the cocktail, they should have just rolled it out like a flu injection. And those that wanted it would have gotten it. Pushing so hard made even some people go, wait a minute, I don't know what they did in the UK, but here they were doing lotteries. They were giving people cruise vacations if yes. they got jabbed. I, I, it's mind boggling. We didn't quite have that, but literally they were just jab centers absolutely everywhere. And there was a huge amount of pressure. But what really surprised my, myself, I mean, I'm not an expert in law at all, but it really surprised me that no one questioned it. So few people questioned it. And so few people were prepared to actually, um, you know, even ask some common sense questions. But one of the things that I found really positive, because my main speciality is working in animal health, 
is before this all happened, very few people questioned giving annual vaccinations to their dogs and cats or horses. Very few people questioned their chemical flea treatments, the wormers, all these awful things we do to our pets. And now a lot of people are questioning because they're thinking, hang on a minute, I didn't like it when someone tried to do that to me. What am I taking my animals to the vets for? So there is a lot of knock on things, which leads me on to my next question. What are you most hopeful about from the lessons learned? And, and you know, it is quite hard, isn't it? Sometimes for people, it can be quite overwhelming. We've just seen what's happened in, in Maui. And so you can get on there, feel really positive, And then something like this happens, which can make people feel very disempowered. There's a couple of things that come to mind, Catherine. And number one, the silver lining for me that has come from this is I get to meet people like you. I have expanded my, my universe. It's just so powerful. It's so ironic because leading up to this uh, horrible March of 2020, I remember thinking to myself, you know, I really need to expand my circle of friends. I feel yes. like I have the same old ones over and over, and I don't even know if I can really rely on them for help. And I, I feel like our paths are diverging a little bit. It really was interesting to me that those were very vivid thoughts and emotions and, and decisions that I was going to take about intentionally seeking out new people. And when this happened through YouTube and then a number of speaking events where I had the opportunity to meet people and embrace them in person, I think that's what kept, has kept me, kept me healthy all these years is I kept my immune system exposed to whatever is out there. I, yes. you know, there's, we don't really know exactly how everything operates, but I find this as one of uh, this is a cherished gift for me that now I have people and, and you, people may be watching this right now saying, well, that's great for you, Peggy. I don't have a YouTube channel, but think about those that you interact with in the chat or in the comments. Haven't you also increased your reach? Haven't you met more like-minded people? Haven't you had conversations that have been stimulating and challenging and expansive? When I think that's the second thing, I feel like I'm so much more, um, informed and educated and knowledgeable now than I was before. I didn't know anything about those laws until I started digging. And I realized that even in the state of California, there's a law that says that your religious observance can include face coverings. Well, my religious observance includes not having one. So there's even a law that was created years ago. And I just get a thrill out of digging and learning and increasing my knowledge. And I bet that everyone listening is shaking their head saying, you know what, Peggy, I feel more informed and educated and knowledgeable. And that's very, very powerful. No one can take that away from you. No shutdowns, no uh, nasal assaults, no uh, pin cushion jabs. Nothing can take away that that knowledge, education, and empowerment that you have uh, developed and, and acquired over these years. I want everyone to be well aware of that. The connections you've made, the education that you've acquired, and then think about the actions that you've taken. You may have shared a video. You may have commented on a video. You may have done a little more research. You may have stood up for yourself. So those things are, again, cherished 
gifts and attributes that we really need to highlight. And the other thing that I think is so important, many people have told me that they have grown on a spiritual level, that they have deepened their faith, that they have looked at life as a precious gift, and that they are living more fully with a deeper sense of gratitude and appreciation and not sleepwalking through life. There is nothing that I or you or anyone can do in terms of some kind of orchestrated attack by mm. terrorists. It's not possible. But what I can do is I can guard my heart. I can stay away from being obsessed about the news. I like to be informed. Obsessed means I'm not sleeping. I'm not taking care of my daily activities. I'm not doing the laundry or going grocery shopping or spending time with loved ones or pets. That means you're obsessed. But informed means I can spend an hour or two watching a YouTube video, maybe commenting on something, sending out a petition, uh, going to an event, that's fine. But guarding against letting it consume your entire life, because wouldn't it have been horrible if those who, and we don't even know the extent of what has happened in Maui, my prayers are that it is a lot less yes. worse in terms of life loss. I also think that that is a fear mongering concept of putting forth these images and ideas that we have no evidence for whatsoever. So thinking, you know, it could be, it could be better than hoped for. This actually could turn out to be not as bad as they said. These are our thoughts that I like to use in my own life. What good could come from this um, hogwash that we've been through? And that is being prepared just every day. Are you using your gifts? Are you spending time with your loved ones? And it, no one knows their day or time. So let's live fully and it, keep uncovering the truth and elevate ourselves so that we're not living in fear or worse, feeding that fear with unsubstantiated, horrible, thoughts or images. I don't participate in that. I don't watch those movies that people are going to. I don't forward horrific things. No, I'm all about let's be aware and let's rise above and let's make sure that we are informed and not being obsessed. So that's what I think going forward. I doubt that this hogwashing will ever reach the levels that it did previously because people are awake, aware, and taking action. I did predict a year or two ago that they would turn to the climate because there's no religious exemption for that. Yes. Right. It, it, it hits everybody equally. And they, they realize this one, they kind of condition people, broke them down, like psychologically broke them down. It's a technique that's used so that they'll listen to the, those in authority, but not everybody's falling for that. So that's where I'm, that's yeah, where I'm looking, Catherine. I must just say, I know both of us had Dame Wigington on. And I, when you and I were at school, there wasn't a single person in our class that drew crisscross clouds. Just saying. <laughs> That's right. Thank yeah, you for I mean, that. Engaging. So I just wanted to ask you about your intuition. Um, because one of the gifts I've seen really coming out, I agree with 100% of what you've just said there, because I think there's so many positive things that have come out for so many people to re-examine their lifestyle, what the really important things in life are that we've been really brainwashed to get off track with. But one of the things I've really seen is people really starting to tune in with their intuition much, much more, and more importantly, trust it. How's that experience been for you? 
I've always been a person that has what I call a, a high level of discernment. From mm. a very young age, I was able to look at something and go, that doesn't add up. That that looks strange to me. And I would question it further. I remember uh, movies being on TV that my parents would watch. I never cared for television. I always felt that it was very depressing. I didn't care to watch those, but you can't help but see. And, you know, even the old reruns and so forth. And I remember looking at some of these performers thinking, that doesn't look like a woman. It looks like a man with makeup on. And I would see this in those old, you know, Joan Crawford movies or most of those performers, they were, they were performers. And you look back at vaudeville and even back in the Roman times and men were the ones performing and it still exists to this day. And I remember like, I couldn't talk to people about that. They didn't see what I saw. I remember being about 13 years old and uh, that maybe even a little around that time. And of course, you know, you've got the older cousins and so forth. And, you know, they're, you're exposed to things that, that I didn't want to be exposed to, such yeah. as um, certain music that was being played. And I felt already like, I don't want to listen to that music. I don't want to listen to those lyrics. I don't like the sound. I don't like the attack. I don't like the oppression. I never cared for any of that. I, I used to, um, I would refer to myself as a, like wholesome, like a glass of milk. I just, I never, for some reason, God gave me that discernment to protect myself. I never did drugs. I never smoked. I never drank. I'm not, everybody should do what's right for them. For me, that's what was right for me. Never listened to popular music, never had a stereo, never watched TV. I would go to movies occasionally because friends would say, let's go to a movie. And I thought, what are you even getting from this? Can't you see? You actually are putting yourself in a room to have these images and messages implanted into your brain and you're paying for it. So Catherine, for a long time, I've had this. It did make me a little bit of an oddball because it just wasn't, those are things that people always like to do, right? Even to this day, I don't really like to read novels because I can see the agenda that they're pushing in the novels. I just like sort of books on business and marketing. And I, so, um, Having said that, even the books on business and marketing, even certain YouTube channels, and certainly go, I don't attend any organized church or anything like that because I would go to church and I would listen to some of these preachers and pastors. I'm like, Lord, forgive me. They sound like a huckster. They sound like they are reading off a script and they have a technique of mesmerizing and leading you down a path. And I, I just cannot go along with it. So I've always had that level of discernment. And one goal I have is to help people develop that skill simply by asking questions. That's where it begins. And it's literally the who, what, where, when, how, who might be behind this, um, why are they doing it? How could they have done it? What could the benefit be? And I'm not saying that every single thing that we are presented with has a fake, phony, false agenda behind it. It doesn't. And yeah. I don't know about you, Catherine, every once in a while, I feel like having this level of, of intuition or discernment 
once in a while can feel like a burden because I can't close the doors and ignore this. I see it. My, my alerts go off, but I do take breaks from it by exposing myself to things that I love to do. And, you know, spending time with loved ones, going uh, for a walk. I love to swim. I love to spend time with my animals. I like to do home decor. So things that bring me joy that are not related to these areas where I have to have my alert on all the time. It's so important. And I think that's such a key message for everyone. I think you mentioned it earlier in the interview as well. And it's what I want to leave people with from my end is, you know, there's a difference between being obsessed because you can be equally brainwashed by YouTube as you can by the mainstream news. So it's all about getting that balance and perhaps having really good friends where can point out when that balance is going amiss. And Keeping being open to being questioned yourself, I think, is really, really important because it's not, you know, you're never going to get far questioning other people if you don't allow people to question your opinions and, and not be too reactive and defensive against that. Peggy, I think you're amazing. All Peggy's links will be below. If you haven't checked out Peggy's website and YouTube channel, it's an absolute must. The amount of resources that you've got on there are absolutely phenomenal. I, for one, am incredibly grateful for what you've shared and are continuing to share. Um, and are there any final words with you that you'd like to leave people with? I am so grateful to have this opportunity to share our thoughts and to uh, you know, it, be introduced to the different audiences. And I want everybody to think about some kind of blessing, some sort of silver lining, something that has come out of these tragedies that we've experienced. And even those of you that have lost loved ones, if you can hold on to something that will help you keep your head above the waves. I also think it's really important, Catherine, that we have something to look forward to because the evil doers, the bad guys, the hogwashers, the new world disorder, they want us to be in this spin cycle of dread where yesterday is going to be worse than today. We still have control over our own lives. It can be something as simple as a arranging a phone call with a loved one, going out for a walk, um, preparing a delicious meal, spending time maybe journaling or uh, whatever it is that brings you joy. So think about something to look forward to will help you kind of have that hop, skip and jump over the heaviness of today. And I'm grateful for everybody that has been searching for truth, standing for truth, standing for freedom. And I will continue to do so with my final God-given unobstructed breath of life. Absolutely perfect. Thank you so much, Peggy. You're absolutely amazing. I really hope that those of you that haven't seen Peggy before, that you're inspired. All her links will below. And, you know, come on, folks, if we can do it, everyone can. But don't compare yourself to anyone else. You know, we're not all Peggy's. I think it's really important that people do what's right for them. But the most important thing is don't let yourself down. You know, do not let yourself down. If you're called to do something, be brave. There's enough of us out there to support each other. Thank you, Peggy. I've loved, loved, loved getting to know you more. Hopefully we'll do this again. Thank you everyone for watching. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And if you feel inspired, please do share with your friends and family. My goal is to inspire as many people as I can to live their best lives, to stay curious and to raise their consciousness and that of the collective. 
So to do this, I need to reach as many people as possible, and this needs your help. If you feel drawn, would you be willing to share your favourite episode with five different people? This helps us spread the word and also helps me encourage some exciting new guests to take part in this podcast. If you feel drawn to do that, I will be very, very grateful. All the links and discount codes where applicable for all the products that I support are on my two websites, katherineedwards.life and katherineedwardsacademy.com. All of the products are personally tried and tested by me, my family and my clients. And finally, please do press the follow or subscribe button, depending which platform you're listening on. And above all, stay curious and stay free.